Welcome to the Ceramics Podcast. I'm Cami Klamako, and this is my co-host, the yawning Gus Hamilton. It's early, but it's not that early, and I'm only tired because I stayed up watching Rick and Morty. Um, but it's we, not, yeah, but I'm so are. happy to be here. Cami, I'm so happy to be here. On the last episode, Gus, I just wanted to talk to you about this thing. We were podcasting, and I was away at a hotel in um, Scranton, Pennsylvania. Beautiful you, Scranton, Pennsylvania. Beautiful. And you said, oh, ho, ho. yeah, Cammy, I thought your apartment looked different. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, but My it did. It like, looks like a shitty 80s hotel room in Scranton. Yeah. Like, I know, it could but be my actual house. I wish that the be- viewer, I wish that the viewers could have seen it because it's like you're sitting right now and you're sitting on a red couch with two paintings behind you, frame mm-hmm. paintings behind you. And that's like pretty much all I can see, right? Like I can see a little bit of the door frame and a little bit of a lamp, but that's pretty much it. And then when you were recording from your shitty hotel room in Scranton, exact same thing but like weird shitty gray couch and weird (laughs) hotel art behind you but it was like it was like the exact same setup the wall was like a similar ish color it was so strange and I really I couldn't believe I was like Cammy's apartment looks different okay so tell me about tell me what's happening with your dinnerware I know that you're like moving into some new glazes and you were dealing with a really bad pinholing issue. And then I suggested it was the clay body versus the glaze because you were like bouncing around with a million different glazes. How's it going? The people need to know how it's going. Okay. It's going well. We uh, just finished like our first restaurant order, which is cool. Yeah. Um, so that's great. And we made like a special glaze just for them, just for their restaurant and um we yeah we have some new glazes we're still doing like a satin glaze and a glossy glaze and we are still getting some like so the pinholing was never like that bad but it was just persistent and and I wanted to like get rid of it yeah we were trying to like you and I were talking the other day about like the we were glaze doctoring the pinholes in your pieces and you basically were like I was like have you tried this have you tried this and you were like this that like what did you try all the stuff that we've done okay wipe all the biscuit down let it dry glaze it let it dry fire with a slight candle fire it slow drop hold uh Overfire the clay so it's more vitrified. Uh, add more flux to the glaze so it melts more. Right. Um, sponge the clay to try and get rid of any scumming that we had. Rib the clay to get to push any grog back into the surface. Add gum solutions to it. <laughs> thicker glaze and thinner glaze to see if we can fill in voids. Oh my god hot hot hotter bisque we like really pushed the limits of the bisque firing so what's the highest you went one oh didn't seem to help that much okay not worth it takes too long to dry then 
And then if you're glazing a bunch of stuff that you fired to cone one, and then you go and fire a normal thing, you put like a quarter inch of glaze on your piece because you hold it in the glaze bucket for like 20 seconds. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that was most of it. Um, That's a lot. And none of that worked. Well, the thing that made the biggest difference, the two things that made the biggest difference was um, raising our bisque temp from like, 08 to 04 okay and um and drying one of our glazes has a ton of clay in it so drying our glaze overnight before we fire it uh, wow that's really surprising actually yeah let the moisture work itself out and can i ask you that, a question yeah why am i yawning all the time no i'm not sure what would a would a longer bisque do anything not sure. Oh, we played around with, yeah, slow down bisque and bisque firing our, all of our stuff unstacked. So it's just like flat. So it's yeah. like, no, there's no warping. Well, so that there's ample oxygen for anything to burn out that's in there. But huh. I don't know if that's real. It's mostly like pseudoscience. And then we prayed a lot. Um, <laughs> We Which... made little kiln gods and, um, yeah. And that's why ceramics is a cult. Yeah. Um, wonderful. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, and then the thing that works the best is um, one of the glazes that we're using is speckled, and then you can't see if there are. <laughs> so just change everything. Just change everything. Just make it speckled. Yeah, it's really sweet though. The dinnerware, I I used to talk about it all the time on the podcast and then I had to stop because no one wanted to hear about it, but it's really, I'm really proud of it. We're making really funny videos now. I was just going to bring that Everyone up. should go and yeah, go on follow to, it. On Instagram, Brooklyn Clay Handmade. Brooklyn Clay Made. Okay, sorry. Everyone should go follow Brooklyn Clay Made because he's absolutely right. The videos are hilarious. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, and I'm really exciting. proud of it. Good. I'm, I'm actually really happy for you because it's then, so good. It, it was like when you first started doing it, it was good. But now it's like you've got it's next level. Good. Thank you. Yeah. We got some new glazes that are like they're not they're like around the corner. They're not here yet because we accidentally made our fall palette just in the time just just in time for spring. <laughs> So now we're working on our spring summer palette. So that'll be ready like just for when fall hits. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I guess that's it, that's a good um, marketing tool is to make it in different colorways. So people have to have more than one set. Yeah. Pretty yeah. Um, but I think you're supposed to like introduce the seasonal colors like when the season's happening, not six months after. I think. But it turns out glaze development takes a long time. <laughs> I mean, you've been working on these glazes. We've been talking about the glazes for about a year, right? I know you've been working on them for a while. Yeah, they're Including, they're good now. I mean, I remember talking to you about metal marks like months and months and months ago. Yeah, it's still a thing. It's just hard because there's like the info that's out there is like uh, a lot of it contradicts other stuff and there's not that much to begin with and a lot of it's just like 
you like having to read through like forums and and then there's just some random guy in Ohio who's like oh you know metal markings caused by Custer Feldspar if you take all the Custer Feldspar out you'll be fine and then you like reformulate all your glazes with minspar and then you end up on a different form and they're like oh you don't want to use soda feldspar because that causes uh leaching and pinholes and you're like okay i guess i'll take that out i'll put <laughs> nefsi in and then someone's like oh you don't want to use nefsi because it's a uh, partially soluble and uh and then you're like oh, i guess i'll take that out but i don't know any other feldspars uh <laughs> so it's like like there's not that much good info but luckily i've got um Keith Simpson who's a great resource yeah you got him on speed dial yeah got him on speed dial and uh you know that Matt Katz who runs the ceramics materials workshop has like yeah. sort of like the best really clear info um yeah but yeah a lot of it was just like testing and then deciding like what is okay testing it with making it you know what's supposed to be right and then just like trying to scratch it and leaving it in acid and testing different things and then you found some like glazes that like when you did leave put them in acid you found that they totally changed color which was bananas right yeah yeah like, the stain actually like went where did it go yeah which that was like i'm happy i did that because i i'd never like looked at it that closely but it was um like a good reminder that you got to do stuff right so actually tell them what happened you want to explain it sure we i was using a really popular glaze that i've used for years and like a lot of studios use and i was using it with like quite a bit of mason stain and quite a bit of zirco packs in it and i didn't think that it really mattered because the glaze was a good, it didn't have like the perfect flux ratio, which we, for like the glaze nerds is like 0.3 to 0.7, but it had 0.2 to 0.8, which is like still in the Matt Katz school of thought, like considered acceptable. Okay. And, um, and because Zirco packs and Mason stains don't interact in the melt, I didn't think that it mattered as far as things being able to like leach or be broken down by acids um and bases but uh yeah we like left it I can't remember which one we did it in first like was it boric acid or something like that and it was um it was like completely like it went from being like bright orange to like white in like a day <laughs> which so is really terrifying <laughs> right um oh, shit. yeah and it was like a glaze that like I think I got it maybe when I was a post pack so it was just like something that I you know and I'd use it forever and just was like oh it's fine you know it's I got it from so-and-so who got it from so-and-so and um and mostly I use it on sculpture and stuff like that so I wasn't that worried about it and even I think it's good to do things to like be careful because you know you don't want to make anybody sick and slowly poison them but um like most people don't use the same stuff every day and but anyway like I, you know I wouldn't want to I don't want to put stuff out there in the world that like could do that to somebody yeah. um and so I think like 
actually testing those things and not just like assuming that because it's a glaze that you use, you know, at a school or anything like that. Especially if you're if you're like really making pots, you want them to hold up over time. So, you know, if if somebody like goes out of town and they leave a lemon, you know, they're like drinking a cocktail and they leave the lemon in it, and then they go out of town for three days and they come back, you don't want them to like, like you don't want them to be getting sick, but you also don't want them to come back and see that there's like a <laughs> lemon print on their cup where they left the lemon or like, um, yeah, I'm you know, over like washing over time will break down a glazed surface and you don't want their surface to like turn matte. But and, do you really want to be friends with someone that left a cocktail out for three days? Like they go away. I don't know. That seems like- Do you not want to be friends with me? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, I have to tell you like, I know I asked and when I went and I'm interested, but I have to, it's really fucking boring. Glaze calculation shit is fucking boring. I know. Fuck. I know. And I think the bigger question is, do you really want to be friends with someone that wants to talk about it? Well, we've talked about it before, but I really think like the best, the best thing to happen to ceramics since I got into it is glazy.org. And it's like, again, it's like, not all the info on there is correct because there's like, cause anyone can comment on it. So it's like, you know, same problems that are all over, but there's a lot of people on there that like really care about this stuff and like put a lot of effort into testing mm-hmm. and are really generous with the information that they share. Um, and it's like, you can, I think it's great. Like if you really care about this stuff, if there's a school, nearby where you can take a class like that's a great thing to do I I don't think everybody needs to do this stuff but like if you care about it look for a class but the ceramic materials workshop has like changed the game because you can kind of do it from anywhere I mean you can do it from anywhere yeah and and you like you'll learn way more than you need to know and probably than like your teachers know um it's like they pack a ton of stuff into those classes um uh, but yeah, go on glazy.org and just like sift through and read comments. And people are generally like pretty good about kind of like policing like false information on there. Like people watch it closely and like oh, wow. when, when, when weird stuff is like said on there, people will often like come in and correct and be like, oh, actually like this happened because of this or like not all the time, but it's, it's surprisingly good for an internet form um so i can kind of go on there and be like this glaze changed my life this glaze got me pregnant this glaze (laughs) (laughs) this glaze made love to me better than my boyfriend this glaze did more for my work than um xyz gallery you should (laughs) just go on there and start (laughs) You just comment and just make <laughs> bad jokes like that. When, some... my, when my boyfriend saw this place, he threatened to beat it up. <laughs> exactly. The problem with this glaze is it didn't make my terrible work look better, as That's, promised. Yeah, I know, but there are some glazes that will make your terrible work look better. 
Unfortunately, most of them are cone 10 glazes, I think. That's true. I think you're right. You just dunk it. Shino, every time. <sighs> for, every, for all the listeners that are unsure what to do, Shino or Tomoku. Oh, that's true. This is maybe specific for the people at the 92nd Street Y now. MD Shino. <laughs> Use the MD Shino. It's in a small bucket. So that's like three people that are listening. Okay, yeah. so the MD Shino is beautiful. Okay, what else we got? Do we have any questions or comments? Oh, the- I don't know. I haven't signed into the thing for like a month. Ooh. Well, this is really long. I'm going to read the whole thing. We're going to okay. have to cut part of it out. Let's do it. I'm in. I'm here for it. Hi. Hi. This is straight up fan mail, but I will try to think of a question while I'm writing it. I found your podcast by searching ceramics in the podcast app on my phone a couple of weeks ago and listen to less than a minute as several different clay related podcasts before I tried yours, which is a thousand times better than any of the other ones out there. Truly That's true and sweet. Thank you for <laughs> before I became a listener, you never, ever would have heard me chuckling in the other room with my earbuds in but I'm like 16 episodes in and I feel like you do when you're halfway through a really good book or show so into it, but then with the sense of dread about ending it at some point, okay, I hope that's you keep a little much. The, the mix. That's how I feel right now about Rick and Morty and about <laughs> Zelda, which is a real problem. The mix of ceramics talk with random banter is perfect. And the co-host dynamics are magic. It really is so good. My favorite podcast of all time. Not a big podcast person still. Okay. This is really. <laughs> also, Cammy has the best voice. I love it when she says the word bananas. <laughs> it's... Oh, okay. That's actually, this whole thing is bananas, but thank you for that. Um, I think we got to cut all that out because I'm going to be <laughs> embarrassed here and I can't I... have the, uh, okay. Now I came up with a ceramics question. Okay, great. Finally, we're back to the ceramics question. I thought the fact that I love clay so much, but sort of hate everything I make was part of just not being that skilled. I just take some classes through the San Francisco Recreational Department or local studios. But listening to the podcast, it seems like many people feel this way, question mark, both deep love and the constant disappointment. Do you think there's a wider distance between passion for the art slash craft and acceptance of one's own work in a, in ceramics than in other kinds of craft thanks for taking the time to create the ceramics podcast and that's from impossible karens on instagram that's a really good question um and thanks i think that i know that when i make stuff and it's good i'm like flying you know what I mean? When I make something and I'm like, wow, I fucking just made that. It's the most ego trip, like ego maniacal, like high I could possibly get and yeah. that I can't get from anywhere else. Didn't like, we talk about that a couple episodes ago where I was talking about like when you like start strutting around your studio, like yes. you're hot shit. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you're just like, <laughs> yes. But you I, start walking funny, you're so excited. You're just yes. like real. Yeah, you can't and see you me, also, but I'm throwing my shoulders. Yeah, he's side. like bobbing his head, like <laughs> like a Saturday on a Saturday Night Fever episode. Yeah, and also your look, what you said in the last episode, like whatever episode it was, you were like, you're looking for someone to show it to, and that's when you know, like you're in your studio by yourself, and you're like, oh my god, like who's here? Someone's yeah. got to see this. Yeah, yeah. I wonder because, like, so I 
we talk about this all the time, but I started painting not that long ago. And one of the things that is like really, I mean, there's a lot of great stuff about painting, like stuff doesn't crack, it doesn't warp, it doesn't like blow up in the kiln. And then you can also like really easily fix stuff, which is nice. Um, but you don't, there's like that slow, like with ceramics, you know, you like put your work in, like for my work specifically, like I do, you know, all this glazing. And then in general, like I don't fire stuff multiple, more than like maybe like one, maybe two glaze firings just cause it, I don't want stuff to crack. Right. So I like try and pack it all in. Um, and then you like put it in the kiln and then you do have, you have like, like surprise reveal, you know, where it's like, you put it in the kiln, you wait two days, you let your imagination go wild. And usually like you open it up and you're like, oh, it's not quite <laughs> what I was thinking. But, the, but there's also like, there's that, like at some point you say like, okay, I'm done working on this and I'm gonna put it in the kiln with, and then you have that like big reveal later. But right. with the painting, there's like this slow build and I, and I get to be like, really, like I get to second guess myself all the time and go back and like redo things as I go so I think that's why it, the painting takes so long for me too is like with the ceramic it would just come out and you'd be like that's oh, not great but I'm not going to reglaze just that one part and risk ruining the whole piece right exactly there's yeah like it there's like an end point well that's not real like it's the distance between the heat like your hands and the heat right so it's like there's that gap that you of the unknown of the heat of the fire or whatever that kind of separates you from the immediacy of the feeling of like glory whereas like or disappointment are you, or like, your, are you wearing your Birkenstocks today <laughs> no right damn <laughs> I'm like I'm just like lighting up a ball like doing bong rips <laughs> I'm gonna listen to the dead but I'm thinking like that in other materials like if you're doing weaving it's immediate, like there's no, there, like what you see you can fix as you're doing it, but in ceramics, you don't get that. And I think in glass too, you don't really, you have, there's a separation between the making and the finishing, you know, as you like put it in the annealer. So I do think that it's, there's some crafts that, um, I mean, even in like woodworking, if you read that book, The Lost Carver by David Esterly, which is an amazing, book about craftsmanship he, you know if you push it too far it's ruined forever and ceramics has that too so like you can't you know like there's like a very fine line between landfill and like a glorious piece I mean unfortunately people like Peter Volkus never really <laughs> never really like realize that how many times that they had crossed the line between landfill and glory uh, we should, should like do a count of how often you should talk a dead man I know it's so bad I'm so bad about it actually I should just cut it out because the more time I give it the more people will look at his work <laughs> anyway no, people, people are over it hmm I yeah everybody should watch that I know I know I've said it before Grayson Perry studio visit where he talks about it being a war of attrition, where you just make and make and make and make and landfill and landfill and landfill. Uh, and then you get yeah. some winners. 
my greatest fear is going to the thrift store and being like, wow, there's my piece. Who gave, who put that in here? I would love that. You would? Yeah. I guess it depends on what piece, but I would buy it for sure. You would buy your own work? I would too. Yeah. I would too. Um, my work ended up in an auction and I almost bought it back. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Whoa, that's so weird. Were you like freaked out about it? I, I would have been really sad if nobody would have bid on it. But somebody bought it. Yeah. I wonder if it was who it was. Yeah, I don't know. This is the first time my work has entered the secondary art market. Though. Wow, that's weird. Yeah. I'm going to, um, yeah, that's really, really weird. My work entered the secondary work market at the thrift store. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually a yard sale. It was, I Real fast. but I consider Real. it the secondary art market. <laughs> it's, it is technically. Technically. Um, that was a, that, that was a great question. Impossible Karen's. Okay, wait. So wait, did we answer it? What's the, so yeah, we answered it. Thanks for, thanks so much for the question. I think we did answer it. I think, I think there is a big distance between, and I think it has to do with that like that time where you're away from the work and then you get that big reveal and you're, you think that Peter Volk, it's Peter Volkus's fault. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's exactly it. <laughs> Great. I think before you say, before you say, I do think though that just because a somebody like makes something and it looks like they made it, you know, like it's in their own style doesn't mean it's a good piece. I think that's what I'm talking about. That, you know, like not every piece has the like, those moments of like the perfect balance, the perfect um, positive and negative space, the perfect content, the perfect meaning, the perfect, like not, you know, like there are pieces just because X person made it doesn't mean it's a great piece. It just means that it's a piece that they made. I think that's what I was trying to say. So I'm saying like, just because I made something doesn't mean it's good. It just means that I made it like, but if you look at my work, there's like pieces that are great and pieces that are like, woof. Woof. Yeah, like the Ken Price piece that's at the Met right now. It's like the worst Ken Price piece I've ever that's seen. That's kind of exactly what I was thinking too. So there's that show at the Met that we went to see. And I have to tell you, the ceramic show at the Met, um, the John Gill pieces really stood out. Yeah. As like They're being great. really well, really well made and like super beautiful. I was really surprised. But he was the only one that was really using color. So it wasn't like that hard. <laughs> You know, his, his stuff's all cone 10. Oh, really? Oh, really? I want to highlight, I want to talk about a place. Okay. That I've never been to. Okay. Called Detroit. Oh, whoa. Okay. Um, and specifically, what's the town? Hamtramck? Hamtrack? Yeah. Hamtrack? Ham no, that's Hamtramck. Hamtramck. Yeah. Which is what? Will you explain what Hamtramck is real quick? It's a 
Polish from I mean I was I was in Detroit like 20 something years ago so I can't tell you what it is now but I know that it was the Polish neighborhood of Detroit so it was where you would go get your pierogies I was gonna say pierogi (laughs) and you beat me to it um so it was also really inexpensive to live there and you're Polish I'm a little bit Polish I'm not a lot Polish okay my grandmother was Polish okay yeah um so in Detroit yeah in Hamtramck yeah so it's like a hip hip artisty area I think I don't know there's a place called ceramic school oh yeah okay and it's run it's run by two friends of mine uh Virginia Rose Torrance and Henry Harry Chrisman okay Um, how do you know them I went to graduate school with them. Okay. Virginia and I were in the same year and Henry was a year ahead of us. Okay. Um, and I like both of them a lot. And I really like the ceramic school, even though I've never been there. And you know what I like so much about the ceramic school, Cami? Their logo. I do like their logo a lot. <laughs> okay. There's a couple oh. of things. Okay. What I like their logo. I like... Petunia, their dog that I know from grad school, and their new dog that I've only met on the internet. Okay. But I like their videos that they make too. Everyone should go take a look at them on Instagram. Yeah. Because they're, they're the videos that they're making are like what I I want this podcast to become. Like I want this podcast to have the same sense of humor as the videos that they're making right now. Um, <laughs> and okay. they're we both try harder to like really yeah. cut it up yeah i think we should okay um everyone should go take a look at it it's really cool they're okay, so... a really great looking studio and they are both real weirdos and have a wild sense of humor okay so they did a really big um fundraiser for the ceramic school right and they made their made, they made their goal and it was and they're just like built out a studio, a community ceramic studio is what's happening. Yeah, like a beautiful little studio in in like the ground, in like a storefront. Um, and, and Henry Chrisman, years ago, had built like a Onagama on a trailer that he drove around the country. So I think they've got that there. And like wow. um, Virginia is like a really great sculptor. Uh, she's... I don't know if we've talked about it on here. I don't think so. She's like one of my favorite artists. Mm. And it's like always really funny when it's just like a friend of yours, you know? That's so crazy that I've yeah. never actually said. I mean, you you mentioned people that you like, but that is huge. Yeah. And she, like when we were in grad school, her work is was like, I mean, I love, I love the stuff she's making right now too. But you know, when you're in grad school with somebody and you're just like that fucker like the, did you just fucking see that and, and it was just like better like every piece that they made was just better than the last wow and their show was so good i love that yeah and they're nice yes but, it sucks when they're terrible people yeah yeah um <laughs> it sucks when you love their work but they're a terrible person yeah yeah i don't I've know who, I, I bet i've probably got people like that um they're great everyone should go take a look at their and, and I, I want to have them on at some point. 
Yeah, we should. And they have a residency program too with an apartment. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah, cool. Yeah, it looks cool. They're Insta- I don't know them, but their Instagram is like, they just seem so fucking rad. They're really funny. And really kind. And they like karaoke a lot. Oh, then we would love each other because I also love karaoke. I don't care for karaoke. Really? That's probably my biggest issue with them and their studio. Is the karaoke part? Yeah. Sorry. That's my only issue. Is it because you have a terrible voice? Yes. That figured. My voice is so bad that it pushed me into ceramics. (laughs) What? Yeah. What do you mean? I was in choir forever. What? Yeah. Like my whole childhood, I was in choir. Okay. Until my sophomore year of high school. And how did I just, why am I just hearing about this now? I don't know. Uh, I was in choir forever. All my friends were in choir. Okay. Not all of them, but like, like half of my friends were in choir. We're in it together for like all through middle school. It was great. I think I started like late middle school. So I probably was only in it for like three or four years. Um, and, and then sophomore year of high school, right at the start of the school year, that was the first year that you had to, uh, like I was in like the regular choir and then I was in like the show choir. Okay. Sure. Mm-hmm. okay. I see where this is going. Yeah. Okay. Then get to get to actual high school the way my town was set up sophomore year was your first year of like real high school right um so get to real high school you gotta before we had to like audition but I think they pretty much just took everybody sophomore year you like actually have to audition for what choir you're gonna be in yeah all my friends that were still in it made the show choir and pizzazz which was like (laughs) the top tier and 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 I didn't and I was just put in the regular choir and Uh, and they were like and actually just sing quietly actually just mouth the words Um, and and really quickly I was like oh I don't like this at all I just liked hanging out with my friends and so I quit but I had to take something else to fill the to fill the time oh wow and ceramics was open and they were like do you want to take a ceramics class and I was like I guess sounds easy. <laughs> and and then I just took ceramics classes for like the next 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Well, thanks to your terrible voice and your teacher for allowing you to Yeah, Mr. Well, Radnicky. Yeah. I would like really appreciate him not just letting it slide. Yeah, just cut who knows what and... I'd probably be like a like a and I don't want to like make fun of anybody's job, but like I would probably be an aluminum siding salesman if I would have stayed in choir. Maybe a shingle salesman. And there's nothing wrong with being a shingle salesman. I bet it's fulfilling for some people, but I don't want to sell sell shingles. No, and imagine the aluminum siding podcast, how boring that would be. I bet it'd be super fun. (laughs) I think we should start up a side side (laughs) business. You know what I'm really good at is I'm actually like a, I'm a really good vinyl cider. I'm a pretty good roofer too. What you're pretty good. What roofer? <laughs> How do you spell that? I don't... <laughs> I'm a pretty good roofer. <laughs> I'm an okay roofer. 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 <laughs> roofer. 
Oh. <laughs> I love it. I actually spent a lot of time on roofs. I used to work for a roofing company. Did you? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I did it. I I did it a lot when I. That's what I would do in the summers. Mine was called NYC Cool Roofs, and we. Oh really? White. Yeah. Oh yeah. See, I just I was just uh, asphalt shingles. Ooh, it's a really hot job. It's hot. Your hands get fucked up. It's awful. You wear shorts because you're like it's 90 degrees, and then it's like 110 on a black roof. But then your knees get all cut up, so you got to put pants on. Oh my god, it's terrible. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Well, we really got off topic. Okay. Well, anyway, so thanks to the choir for really fucking you up. Um, Radnicky. And then I'm, Peter Glasheen for getting me into I'm ceramics. I'm glad you. I'm glad that you don't have any hard feelings towards your music teacher. That makes me feel good. Thanks so much for listening to the Ceramics Podcast. On the next episode, we're actually going to get to the interview with Amy Sandoferaro.